This is Healthcare Strategies. Hi, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. My name is Eric Wickland, and I'm the editor of M Health Intelligence, part of the Extelligent Healthcare Media Group. Today, we're talking with Dr. David Shulkin, a former secretary for the Department of Veterans Affairs. We'll be talking about how the nation's veterans are struggling with post-traumatic stress disorder and how telehealth and M Health technologies could be used to both diagnose and treat veterans for PTSD, no matter where they're located. Hello, Dr. Shulkin. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Eric. Thanks for having me on. No problem. It's a pleasure to have you on this podcast. So I'm going to just get right into it here. How pervasive is PTSD among the nation's veterans? And how has uh, the VA addressed this? Well, one of the things I just want to say right up front is that there's a stereotype that all veterans come back and that they're injured or that they have PTSD or mental problems. That's far from the truth, is higher than the general population, but it certainly still is a minority of those veterans who have served. The VA has been a leader in these treatments and has focused on three evidence-based treatments. There is a National Center for Post-Traumatic Stress that is involved in research and testing and evaluation, and they have put out guidelines with the Department of Defense that have focused on three evidence-based practices, which are cognitive behavioral therapy or talk therapy, rapid eye movement therapy, where a therapist will help with eye movement to be able to help guide you through a process of improvement. And then third is something called prolonged exposure therapy, where you, with a therapist, go back in time to those events that may have triggered your post-traumatic stress and begin to deal with them that way. Are we at a point where the VA is struggling to treat veterans? Are there issues now in getting veterans the treatment they need? Well, I think fortunately, we've done a lot better in terms of being able to get veterans the access to care, getting them appointments with the people that can help them. Many people may remember back in 2014, what we had called the wait time crisis where we couldn't meet the demands and we just didn't have enough people or appointments to take care of our veterans. That's actually when I joined the VA, when President Obama appointed me as undersecretary at the time, largely to fix that problem. And I'm pleased to say we fixed the access problem. So today the Department of Veteran Affairs has same-day services for any veteran who has an urgent mental health issue. So that's not the problem. The problem, frankly, is is that these three therapies, while they are evidence-based, while they can help and have helped many veterans, they don't help a lot of veterans. In other words, these three therapies that are used by the VA when they're studied simply leave a lot of veterans without the help that they need. And so I think the Department of Veteran Affairs, as good a job as it does, needs to be still looking for additional ways to help veterans with post-traumatic stress. I see. And this segues perfectly into the next topic of conversation. During your service, you were well known for supporting telehealth and mHealth within the VA. There were a lot of advances in the use of technology to treat veterans. 
how can technology such as telehealth and digital health, how can they be used to help veterans living with PTSD? Yeah, first, let me say I am a physician and I had never practiced using telehealth in my 30 years of being a physician. But when I came to the VA, I started to practice using telehealth. I would take care of patients in Grants Pass, Argonne, which is a little rural community in Argonne from my office in Washington, D.C. that overlooked the White House. And I was amazed at how effective it was, how good an exam and dialogue I could get with my patients. In fact, I once brought my telehealth equipment to the West Wing, to the Oval Office where the president was, and showed him how I would care for patients using telehealth. So I became a very big believer. It turns out now that much of the country has experienced telehealth because of the pandemic and the necessity of still being able to need to reach their healthcare professionals when they didn't want to go into hospitals and buildings where COVID was so prevalent. And one of the things that we've learned during this pandemic is just how effective telehealth is, particularly when it comes to behavioral health conditions. There are some real advantages here. People get to feel more comfortable sharing very deep personal feelings when they're not sitting right in front of somebody. They're more comfortable when they don't have to travel outside their home because they're at home. This is where they feel most comfortable. So there are some real advantages, I think, that we've learned about telebehavioral healthcare. And how would this technology be used specifically for treating veterans who are living with PTSD? Well, I think that there are a number of ways that virtual care or telehealth can be used for behavioral health issues like post-traumatic stress. We've talked about the three evidence-based ways that could be used over a virtual platform uh, that the VA currently uses, but then there are newer technologies and innovative treatments that frankly may help a lot of these patients. For example, one of them involves virtual therapy for breathing, a machine a device that helps regulate your carbon monoxide levels in your brain by regulating your breathing. And that turns out to have a significant impact on a person's emotional state and reduces the symptoms and the severity of PTSD. In fact, and sometimes cures it completely. And that lasts for extended periods of time, which is really terrific. So I think that we're learning a great deal about new ways to treat post-traumatic stress. Are there facets of telehealth that make this ideal for treating veterans? Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the things about veterans, they tend to live in every part of the country. Many of them prefer to live in rural parts of the country where you do not have significant supply of many health professionals, but particularly of trained behavioral health care professionals. So what telehealth allows you to do is to match a real specialist with a veteran, no matter where they tend to live or work or reside. So if you're typically four hours away from a big VA medical center, instead of having to drive four hours to see a therapist, uh, particularly if you suffer from post-traumatic stress, you get to access some of the 
VA's best therapists in the world just simply by using your phone or computer. The use of telehealth has been going on for a while now I mean, within the VA. Have you seen specific clinical benefits through the use of these types of technologies? Oh, there's no question. As you said, this is not a new technology for VA. VA was one of the early innovators using telehealth. When I got to VA, we were doing hundreds of thousands of visits. That's only dramatically climbed, particularly with the pandemic. But there are many people like myself who have come to the VA and have watched and practiced telemedicine now and understand that much can be done using this platform. Obviously, you can't do things that involve procedures or invasive devices, but when it comes to behavioral health, we don't do a lot of that anyway. And even devices like the one I described, the free Spira machine device that regulates the breathing, the device is shipped to your home, you connect with the therapist virtually using telehealth, and even that can be delivered quite successfully anywhere in the country using a virtual care platform. On the flip side, you know, what are the challenges or the barriers that the VA has faced in expanding its telehealth or bringing telehealth to bear on veterans who need this type of service? Well, the biggest one right now is the broadband access. In many of these rural communities that we talk about, there simply just isn't the type of cabling and internet access that people in metropolitan parts of the country have been used to for years. And one of the aspects to the infrastructure bill that's being debated in Washington and the pandemic responsiveness initiative coming out of the White House is to put on the order of $100 billion into greater broadband access for people who live in areas that don't have it right now. Many of those happen to be veterans. Aside from connectivity, are there other challenges the veterans face in using telehealth? Well, I think telehealth is a piece of technology. Not everybody is comfortable with it. There are people particularly who have cognitive issues or may not be used to handling technology that just don't feel comfortable with that. And so a good healthcare professional has to respect their patient's preferences and understand what's going to work for them. And this is not for everybody, but increasingly, just as people have gotten used to having smartphones and gotten used to online information from whether it's Google or Facebook or anything else that people choose, I think people are getting more comfortable with telehealth. And again, the pandemic dramatically increased the number of people who use telehealth for the first time. I believe in the Medicare population, which is our older citizens, two-thirds of Medicare beneficiaries ended up utilizing telehealth during the pandemic, which is certainly much, much higher than before the pandemic. And with these services, we're talking about using telehealth to treat veterans with PTSD. Do you see these services being integrated with other types of healthcare services for veterans? Perhaps it could be integrated on a telehealth platform. I do. I think that when you talk about telehealth or PTS, it can be integrated into your physical care that you get from your primary care doctor. In other words, you could see your primary care doctor in person who says, listen, in order to address your post-traumatic stress, we're going to get you on a telehealth platform so you can receive the type of care that you need. 
So it can be integrated between both physical and virtual care, or it could be fully integrated on virtual care. There are now many models of virtual primary care as well as virtual behavioral health care. And so I do see this as an additional tool that can be used by your healthcare professionals. Now, during your time with the VA, you saw a huge increase in telehealth use. Were veterans appreciative of this type of platform? Do they understand and like it? Or were there, or was it the providers? Was it the care providers that were needing to push telehealth out to, to areas where they could convince veterans to use it? I think that in large part, this was driven by patients and veterans themselves. Veterans really, as I mentioned, don't enjoy having to travel long distances, wait in waiting rooms just to be able to see a provider. And if they can be able to stay at home or work or when they're traveling, be able to get access to healthcare, this in large part is a very convenient way for them to get care that they might not otherwise get. So I think this is largely driven by the veterans themselves. But I do think that the healthcare providers, the professionals at VA who have gotten to experience this type of treatment and using telehealth, like myself, ended up becoming strong believers of it as a platform, maybe not for everyone, but certainly to be able to provide care to veterans, which is why people work at the VA. Now, can this technology or will this technology change the focus of of physical VA sites like hospitals and other care centers? Do you see them adjusting to a new world where, where telehealth is a more prominent version of care delivery? There's no doubt about it, but the VA is well ahead in that regard. They've been adopting this technology now for well over a decade. But there is a undeniable move away from facilities into care in the home setting. And I think that move is enabled by technology, including telehealth. And the VA will be no exception to what's happening in the rest of the healthcare world. Besides telehealth, there are many other parts of the VA system that surround the care that a provider can give. There are adaptive sports events where veterans with post-traumatic stress are brought to do skiing down mountains or surfing in the ocean or participating in sports activities or creative arts. There are service dogs for emotional support. There are group therapy sessions where other veterans provide peer support. And so when you when you use telehealth as an integrated modality in a system of care to support veterans, that's where I think you get the real superpower of the VA. That is one of the reasons why I'm such a strong advocate that the VA needs to exist, that we don't just simply say, here, everybody, here's a coupon. You can go out and get care in the private sector because that type of comprehensive system is often very rare in the private sector. Mm, yes. Yeah, you mentioned the, the wearable developed by Respira. Is there other technology out there, uh, platforms, uh, wearables, uh, apps, that you would like to see the VA use in the future? I've called for the VA to increase their willingness to look at these new technologies. There are so many new innovative 
companies and researchers and physicians and psychologists that are bringing new solutions to the market that our veterans deserve to be able to have access to these types of new advances in the treatment of post-traumatic stress, as well as other behavioral health care conditions. And that requires an ability of VA to say that they want to be an early adopter in these new technologies. Now, of course, you always want to put the veteran at the center and make sure that you're not doing something unsafe or causing harm. But I do believe there is a way of being an early adopter of innovative technologies that have data that suggest that they are safe, where clinicians have reviewed them and approved them. But uh, I'd like to see the VA's center of excellence approach expand to include these types of new innovations coming onto the market. Any specific innovations that have caught your eye? I think that there are numbers of remote monitoring devices, of apps that are out there. There are new devices that are looking at sleep patterns. There are new procedures like stellate ganglion blocks. And some people believe that hyperbaric therapy works. And I'm certainly a big believer of emotional support dogs. And so I think the help our veterans need is going to come from a variety of sources. And it's going to be a number of these modalities. And that requires a mindset of openness and willingness to understand that data and science and research and technology are all moving quicker than we've ever seen before. And that the VA can play an important role in channeling what is effective and getting it out to our veteran community quickly to be able to get them the help they need. One last question. Can the healthcare industry in general learn lessons from the VA and how the VA is used to telehealth? There's no doubt. I tell everyone who listens that when I came to the VA, I had been a CEO in the private sector for quite a long time. And I came with the expectation that I was going to bring what I knew from the private sector to help fix the VA. And in fact, my experience was exactly the opposite. I saw a system of care. I learned about what works in the VA so much deeper than what I had seen in the private sector that now I spend my time sharing with my private sector colleagues the lessons that I learned from being able to work in the VA and being fortunate enough to help treat some of our country's veterans. And there's much that can be learned from this really incredibly significant and important healthcare system. Dr. Shulkin, thank you very much for, for participating in our podcast today. Glad to be with you. Listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Feel free to reach out to me at kwadil at extelligentmedia.com. That's K-W-A-D-D-I-L-L at extelligentmedia.com media.com to share your thoughts. You can also use that email to let us know if there are any health industry related questions or stories you would like us to consider covering. And if you liked this episode and it sparked some thoughts for you, please head over to Apple and give us a few stars and a positive review. Thank you for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production. 